What's going on, Misfits? Thank you for checking out another episode. I am so excited when you tune in. I love your comments. I love your support. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. This week, we're joined by journalist and allhiphop.com co-founder Chuck Creekmer. We're talking about finding your full potential, Will Smith, uh, the Hotep movement, if it's good for us or not, how to, to survive a divorce, and so much more. Also, I have something to promote. Saturday, August 26, 10 p.m., I am co-producing and performing in the Afropunk After Dark comedy show called Afro Comedy, hosted by Alzo Slade. We have an amazing lineup, Nori Davis, Derek Gaines, Kerry Cottett, Marie Faustine, Alex English, and me telling some jokes because, you know, I am a journalist and comedian in a podcast but whatever i do a lot of things but comedy is number one so come check it out have some laughs say hello buy me a drink all of that kiki good stuff shoo shoo boo boo love you too you're listening to social misfit hello and welcome to another episode of social misfit with me your host chloe hilliard and we're joined today by a dear friend of mine i've known him for over a decade he's not a comedian i know we have a lot of comedians he is the founder co-creator of allhiphop.com a hip-hop journalism legend and icon mr chuck creekmer thank you whoa whoa i'm a funny dude though so i'm you're not a a comedian but i'm funny you have a very dry, dry, dry sense of humor. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've known Chuck for ages. Yes, yeah, way over a decade. For yeah. Sure. I went back to the days of 4K news. Oh my gosh, 4K. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Holla, so when JP. I was a senior in college, I started working for this super street super independent hip-hop newspaper called four corners four corners with a k of course 4k news shout out to jp um who was he was a visionary he was he definitely like like literally we would print up a hip-hop newspaper and we sold it for a dollar fifty and it was like no more than like 15 pages but yeah and he he was still well he would use all hip-hop's content oh yeah well not steal yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) he probably stole it um but i was editor-in-chief so you couldn't tell i mean it was a very gritty job it was just me and like two other people uh shout out to uh p moore p moore where's p moore i just saw him i just saw him the p moore look him up he's a philosopher paul moreland i looked him up literally the other day he has an amazing clothing line i i can't remember the name of it right now but i will definitely right yeah it's like this like super um metaphysical like black powerish uh clothing line but i will put that in the comments because i just saw him the other day and i saw him selling his stuff down at the african street festival but um, enough with the tangent. Um, Chuck is here sitting on the couch and we are about to get into it. Chuck, please read us your post. Good morning. Thinking about how fortunate I was to be into comics, hip hop and art growing up. It definitely kept me daydreaming in class, but also kept me outside of reality in other ways. The possibilities were endless in comics and art and hip hop was a rapidly expanding universe. Blessed to have them all a part of my life, work, and passion to this day. And you have a, a meme that's attributed mm-hmm. to Will Smith. Right. Which says? Says, being realistic is the most common path to mediocrity. 
being realistic is the most common path to mediocrity. Yes. That can be interpreted in so many ways. Because yeah. I consider myself a realist, but he's saying like being realistic and not aiming for like higher things. Not boxing yourself in and thinking, you know, putting thoughts in your brain that limit your own possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you might not jump off a bridge because, okay, that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> you might you might not try to be an astronaut because that doesn't seem realistic. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So don't limit. Don't limit yeah. yourself. So for me, yeah, because comic books was was definitely not realistic, but it kept my mind open. But would you say that kids today don't have? Are there? I don't know. Are there as many comics that kids are into now? Because with social no, media kids, and, and and videos and YouTube and all this other stuff. No, kids are not into comics. It's all grown men in in the comics. Grown men who get some no women, pussy. Women, huh? Huh. What I said, grown man who don't get no pussy. Nope, that's changed. That's different. No, that's that's an old stereotype. It is. Yeah. So comic dudes be getting snatched now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man. Like, um, it's crazy because you know I go to Comic Con every year, at least one Comic Con. Last year I went to three, including San Diego Comic Con, which is the big daddy. But um, Jean Grey, I was kicking it with Jean Grey. Prodigy, rest in peace, was at Comic-Con mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, so we, I mean, it's a whole different thing now. So you know Pro, you know, Prodigy getting his was. Why don't you, why don't you submit a panel for Comic-Con, like the hip, hip-hop and I'm going to do it in outside of New York, Philly or Baltimore. Yeah, why? It's just easier to get into those mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah New York and um, San Diego, they don't, you know, they don't really have the appreciation for what we bring to the table. Well, with Black Panther popping off and yeah, we'll all of see. that, there may be in Luke Cage and mm-hmm. there's going to be a huge Black Panther rollout at uh, Comic Con this year. And last year it was Luke Cage, mm-hmm. you know, the rollout. Yeah, yeah. So I was there for that. Are you super excited about seeing Black Panther? I am, man. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, why can't we make Black Panther like Game of Thrones? Forget the movie. Oh, scrap the movie. Mm-hmm. Let's do Game of Thrones with Black Panther and really do it. Do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we need what's the story? Like I don't know the story of Black Panther. Well, how? I mean, is there He's enough king. footage? Is there not footage? Is there enough yeah. storylines for Black Panther's been around since the 60s. Black Panther predates the actual Black Panther Party. Really? Yes. Facts. Same year, but before. Hmm. Yep. Stan Lee, he's a Jewish white man, but that's one of my heroes. He's a true visionary. You know what it is? When I think about all of these uh, comics, and I'm I'm on the fringe. I I like comics. Are you looking at my toes? Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't. (laughs) I didn't put lotion on. All right. right. Um, When I think about all of these comic stories, and and most of the men in my life are very, like, into it. You know, like my dad. Mm -hmm. Not my my younger brother, but, like, my my personal trainer. So, like, I have people who I can talk to. All my friends, we go go to the big big movies when Mm -hmm. they premiere and stuff. And when I learn more about, like, all of these Stanley stories, some of them are, like, on a real prophetic because he's tapped into not him but you know yeah. his they've tapped into a lot of things that have happened which makes you really question is you know they say life art is a reflection of what is it what is it called? art imitates life art imitates life yeah but i feel like maybe art is projecting light like mm-hmm. yeah because stan i mean first of all i was blessed i got a shout out dmc and Eric Blam, they allowed me to 
I met Stan before, but they allowed me to meet him. Mm-hmm. Meet him last year in San Diego. Um, pardon me, at in L.A. at the um, Stanley Comic Con, and I was just in awe. So Stan and Marvel, a lot of people of color really gravitate to Marvel because he Malcolm X is the model for Magneto. Martin Luther King is the model for. Martin Luther King, I mean, excuse me, Martin, I mean, pardon me, Professor X from the X-Men is is based on Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And the whole mutant X-Men yes, black story is, yeah, black people. Yeah. So, like, they tell real life stories that you can relate to. You have tortured individuals. You have people you can relate to, people who suffer from alcoholism like Iron Man, people who, um, you know, represent real life. Yeah. You know, so everybody could see a little bit of themselves in those characters, even if they weren't black. And Spider-Man is one of them, too. Like, who can't relate to that? I was like Peter Parker. I was like a nerd in college, in um, high school and yeah. before. Spider-Man is my least favorite. I did not go see Spider-Man movie. Well, I haven't seen it yet either, actually. But why, why? Why? I don't know. He just doesn't speak to me. I don't. He you doesn't, from New York? I know I'm from New York, but I mean, I, ra- well, I was more into like, I don't. I didn't, he didn't speak to me because he was a kid. That's pretty much why. Okay, fine. Well, I just didn't, forget it you was then. like a kid, like a teenage kid running around, saving people, doing stuff. Womp, womp. Who, with, with great, with great power comes great responsibility. I know, like, and they said like, he's like, he's supposed to be the most powerful one. Is he, he's nah, like. he's not the most powerful well, one. Well, in the, in the new, in the new film franchise, they're making it seem like he's more powerful. That's why he, they had him defeating everybody in the last Avengers. Strength wise, he's yeah, he's up yeah, he's way up there. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, he's way up there strength wise, you know, but he's not like you know, Iron Man or somebody, you know. I mean, you know, when you're talking about a human being, yeah. He's okay, so what so if you were to do a a black a Black Panther Game of Thrones, uh-huh, how many seasons would it have? Seven <laughs> for the gods. Oh my god. Seven for the gods. <laughs> No, nah, I mean, I think. Look, if you but look you would at, have to go back. Well, look, oh, so tell me. Up. Okay, so tell me about about Black, Black Panther because I feel like Black Panther, like Luke Cage, is a is a bandwagon moment. There's a lot of people who don't know the history of it who are just yeah. getting on it because it's like. I mean, I watch. I didn't watch Jessica Jones, but I did watch all of Luke Cage. I did not watch Iron Fist. I did not watch Daredevil. Right, and um, Jessica Jones was dope. Did you agree? No, I wasn't into Jessica Jones. I was like, you got this frail. I switched over to the white world. Shut up! Man. No, they got this frail. <laughs> got this frail white girl hating herself, getting brainwashed. What is her power? What's she her power? Got super strength. That's her power. And some other things. I think maybe I wasn't into her in the, in the comics, but okay, yeah. But she's dope. I love that show because I ain't gonna lie. Like I'm attracted to pain people in pain that's part of my dating problem by the way oh that's a massive problem right <laughs> so that's a whole nother what do you story. mean pain what do you mean what kind like, of pain i grab it you want to help people you a savior no no not really so what kind Common of pain? struggle is a is a unifier it, it brings people together so you don't also oh, you don't even really want to save them you just want them to be just as, as in i want to get better together as you are Maybe I don't know, but I'm working on that because that doesn't work, as you already know. No, it can't. But you also have to stop looking at yourself as being in a a, a mental and emotional frame of pain. True, indeed. It's growth. You should read right. this book. Um, 
the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I saw that on um on Instagram or something. Yeah, you should read it. it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm I'm get that. You should read ASAP. it because it, one of the things that meant that it says in the book is how people are convinced that happiness is a uh, is a continuous thing and happiness is always a moment because uh-huh. our goal in life, as everybody's goal in life, is to problem solve that is why Uh we are here it's like we see an obstacle we have to fix it Uh oh i'm on this side of the um ocean you're on that side of the ocean we got to figure out a way how we're going to get to each other all right Uh i'm gonna invent a plane i'm gonna make a train i'm gonna make a a bridge so we're always trying to fix a problem because that's what makes us happy right so when people are saying that they're miserable they're happy it's because they're not working to working on their the problem not and the problem isn't always a negative thing it's just how you measure goals and mm-hmm. accomplishments. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna get it. But I feel you. I don't Hey, I was in Greece and I was happy. I didn't think about nothing. Yeah. Came home depressed. No, but you have but the up. thing is I when I go on vacation, I feel amazed and rejuvenated and then when I come home, I say to myself, "Okay, now I'm going to work hard enough so I can do that again." Right. So now I now I need to tackle all the things. Now I need to make the most out of my day. Now I need to, you know, you just have to focus on making sure that you can be in a position where you can take another week off and not have to look at your phone. Right. But then also it makes you prioritize because when you come home, you realize most of the things that you're stressing out about are minuscule. Very true. Very true. It's funny because I didn't even work that week. I didn't. I did. I don't think I worked at all. I checked my stuff when I was on Wi-Fi. Mm hmm. I had I was on airplane mode the whole time, yep. and, and you're right, everything worked out. I was like, hold up, yes, this is interesting. Yeah, nothing went wrong while I was gone. No, yeah. it's not, and it won't ever go. I mean, it, there will be things that happen, but yeah. you have to stop thinking that you are the only person that can solve the problem. True, true, true. But um, but anyway, yeah. So it's interesting though i was talking to somebody well i was anal- i analyzed this blur you, you heard of blurs what is it black nerds black nerds yeah what, what, is it a thing or is it just a, it's a thing like it's just a, a name for a group of people yeah okay black nerds and i'm just like man where we were these people when i was coming up my dog is resting on the recording device she makes everything a pillow and snoring too oh, yeah she was hurt she was hurt in the last one snoring okay all right. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. So, what about the blurs? What? what nah, about? I'm just like, where were these people when I was growing up? They were there, but you got to also realize that black nerds were not socially acceptable. I could be could have been considered a black nerd. I was in school, and I was in elementary school, and um, we we were the top class. So mm-hmm. we were like, we were the special class, meaning that everybody was above. Brilliant. Well, no, genius level. Not genius level, but we were the top percentage of this, of Higher our grade. college prep? Well, this is elementary school. Oh, okay. So, um, but we were definitely. And gifted. Then, yeah, we were gifted. Yeah, mm-hmm. gifted. Do people, yeah, do people use that now? Like your daughter is what, 12, 14? Thir- yeah, 13. Do I they, do they say gifted? Nah, not really. You know why? why? Because somebody, if, uh, yeah, who, some parent who has a mediocre kid was upset yeah. that their kid wasn't in a gifted class. So yeah, we were in the we were called it was called ET. I don't know. They actually meant, put the um, lower performing kids in class with another teacher. Completely, they don't have those other classes anymore. What do you mean? 
So they have a teacher and then they have a sub teacher to 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 handle the kids that are, you know, maybe learning mm-hmm. disabled or slower mm-hmm. or problems. Do they take them out of that? So you mean so you mean that special ed classes aren't separate? Basically. So yeah. they're in the same classroom mm-hmm. and but there's another teacher that will sit with them. Yep. Do you think that helps? I think I took took my daughter out of this school that we're talking about <laughs> right now and uh, she's going to another school in the, in September mm-hmm. so that I want her to be in a higher you know, yeah. intel, intellect um, you know higher school with br- smarter kids yeah yeah because I don't think that look everybody is not equal no. facts yeah and we're unequal under God Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends, basically. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to just acknowledge it. Otherwise, either I told my I tell my daughter this all the time. I'm like, yo, there's a pack and it's right here in the middle. This is where most people are right mm-hmm. here in the middle. Then there's these bright people who break out of that pack. Just think of it as a race. If yeah. you ever, if I've run a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. And the marathon starts out with everybody running together. Yep. After a while, the best lead and then those ones that lag behind, lag behind. They bring up the rear. Right. I'm like, the last place you want to be, to me, is the middle. Even, I'd rather be slow and special. <laughs> <laughs> you did not tell your daughter this. All right. No, I didn't say that. But I don't like the middle. I just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the middle. So, um, you know, so the point is, I just I want her to understand the fact that you, you can't surround yourself with dummies. And that's a lonely place to be. Yeah. At a lot of times, but um, yo, it's just the only way for me. Yeah, I when I think about, I rem I remember vaguely when they stopped doing that in in New York City schools because there was a point where you were allowed to have the same intellectual level in the classroom and that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And then they started adding in right. the the lower lower mm-hmm. ranking kids, and that really. I feel like, especially when it comes to like inner city schools, I feel like that really disrupted a lot of people's learning uh, ability because the a lot of a lot of these kids, and I'm only speaking for the schools that I went to, but a lot of the kids who needed extra help, it wasn't that they were intellectually inferior, but they had a lot of emotional issues mm-hmm. yeah. that come that came from the crack mm-hmm. epidemic uh-huh. that destroyed or, the black community messed up homes yeah stressed, stressed out about out, not yeah. eating ptsd starving yeah. just today just today so in new york city in new york city uh they still have breakfast and lunch programs mm-hmm. through the summer so if a if a child is under the age of 18 no questions asked they can just walk into uh, a local elementary school mm. and get breakfast and lunch oh that's dope and so um, I was walking my dog and it was like 1030. Don't judge me. And <laughs> and these kids were like rushing, like, you know, like a group of kids. They were like really, you know, hanging out summertime. And they were walking and getting ready to walk into the cafeteria of this nearby school by me. And this one kid was in front of them and he was like, oh, turn around. It's closed. It's closed. And they were like, excuse me, man, what time is it? It was like it's 1040. They was like, oh, we're too early for lunch. And I was like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we got to go play in the park. So they went and played in the park. But. That's their day. Like, yeah. like, and, and these were, it was at least 10 kids and they were ranging in age from at least like seven to maybe 12. Mm-hmm. And they're just out. The parents yeah. aren't, I don't know where the parents are. None of that. They're, they're just hanging mm-hmm. out and they know at least they can get two meals a day. Right. And well, so when you're thinking about all the stress levels that kids yeah. have or with the emotional, the verbal, verbal mm-hmm. abuse, physical abuse, just economic mm-hmm. abuse. And yeah. you 
thinking that they're going to be able to keep up with a kid who has like one good a good parent or maybe two parents in their lives who have Uh some disposable income like Uh it's hard to compete and i think a lot of times people want are so easy to say oh your special needs or your special ed but they don't really factor in the i feel like when you're talking about black kids especially a lot of that shit is emotional absolutely and unfortunately the industry you know they don't care the system doesn't care and quite frankly we don't care enough to do what we need to do to address it you know and maybe that's because the family you know this is messed up or you know maybe the parents might be on drugs or whatever but i think and i could be wrong that more over the more often than not um parents are um you know they're consumed by other things nowadays that aren't even important you see parents our age or older acting like teenagers yeah i I tell you one thing one thing that i hate the most i don't know if i said it before one thing i hate the most is i hate seeing parents walking down the street with earphones in their ear holding their child's hand Mm. because it's like you can't even engage your child right right on from four blocks like right. mm-hmm. you pick your kid up with your headphones on you're on the train with your headphones on you on a bus with your headphones on or you're on the phone talking to somebody <sighs> like yeah girl my fucking is this 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 and that and the kid is like mom yeah. let me tell you about my day now like, shut up right i'm on a phone okay and i just be like why did you even have a kid why exactly. well yeah you know, i'm telling you something i marvel at parents of all economic backgrounds because mm. i know that i make a living wage i'm able to sustain myself i know mm-hmm. that comedy has been very beneficial to my life shout out um but i don't think i can afford a kid like when i see you people can't afford kids, a kid every that's everybody's excuse you can afford a kid everybody can it's just you do things differently when you have a kid but when i see people who have no money putting clothes yeah, on you can have kid, one kid not two well and they'll be having like two three kids and each now i know people have five kids for you know and they and they, and yes they are definitely broke but you're gonna be broke regardless in some form or fashion i know but you know what i'd rather be broken than have anybody be be fucked up because of me that bring you you could you know if you have a kid you're gonna have some new life in you you're gonna have a new hustle in you you have a lot of different things <sighs> a lot of birth is gonna come out of that birth and it's not just a child it's gonna be a hustle it's gonna be dedication a new grind level i'm telling you you don't know what you're talking about right now uh, yeah well i don't, you don't I know probably, you don't have no idea what you're talking I about i probably right won't now. know because i don't think i'm having kids yeah we'll see you're not 40 yet no i'm not 40 i yet. think you're straight oh come on you're straight now. you're straight there's a doctor giving uh sperm away out here what in these streets <laughs> that white guy yeah oh yo he has like 60 something yeah kids. yeah yeah he just leaves a, his sperm in the bathroom yeah yeah this this white guy um he is he a doctor or like a professor i think he's a yeah like he's like I'm a school sure. doctor he's not a medical doctor he's like a phd oh, okay, doctor, okay, i think got it. um Either way, this white guy who just gives his sperm out to people, and so he'll like leave it in like a locker room, like go pick it up here. He'll go, he'll go bust off in like a bathroom, and like, he'll meet somebody mm-hmm. at a Starbucks, go bust off in the bathroom, give him a bag, a sperm. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Why? Like, <laughs> but nah, this is the sad baby. state of family. This is the sad state of the world, in that a guy has to do this, and women actually want to do it. But let me tell you something. I don't want a child with i would rather have a loving partnership before i have children 
I would rather have the mm. person who I feel like I can really lean on and they make me a better person and I mm. love them and all of that stuff. And I'd rather have a, a nice home with a with a man than to have a child. Oh, well, that's you. you the, the product of that is a child. Yeah. But oftentimes, not all the time. But I don't want to have to sacrifice that, one for the other. But if you have that scenario, most times a child is not any burden at all. It's only a blessing i'm telling you i know what i'm talking about yeah but that's because you're you're halfway you are more than halfway out your daughter's 13 you but you know what though done. let me just be real with you you know no i don't share my private life too much mm-hmm. i don't right however if i so i'm out here in these streets i'm meeting people <laughs> you know what i'm saying and a lot of people i meet are in that in that zone yeah i am open to having one more kid Really, I am. I'm. I'm putting that out there to the world. However, oh, however, hello, but it has to be the right person. And um, would you be married? So, because you okay. So, full disclosure: Chuck has been married before. He's um, happily divorced. If y'all could have seen my face just now, go ahead. You so you've been divorced now? What five, six years? It's been pushing. Yeah, about six years. Yeah. yeah. And so, would you be? Would you get married again? Well, marriage is um So you're saying a, that marriage a fat, is a, a, is a is a, a state man-made oh my God. piece of paper that go. does not in any way shape or form define Calm down, Dr. Umar. Calm down. <laughs> Take it down. You know, um, you know, I say, you know, with all honesty, I'm I'm not sure about that level. Now, but see, I'm not my thing is I feel like marriage, I feel like raising a child with somebody for life is way more complicated than being married. Like, how could you say you would have a child with somebody, but you wouldn't marry them? No, nah, I mean, you could be in a, a per, I mean, okay, I'll just be more personal than ever. My last part, my last situation, my last relationship mm-hmm. um, was one that uh, uh, we, we had that, that open talk mm-hmm. about perhaps having... A child. Uh, a child and ne- not necessarily going to the state to get formalize it uh-huh. yeah yeah and, and y'all it was all good huh y'all both in agreement yeah yeah I, w- I would never have a child outside of marriage ever but ma- but the marriage is is a isn't if you if you go before god and commit that's that's literally probably more significant than that piece of paper. So, because this is the thing, you see, so you speak in in cold. You would never get married again because you were. We went through a nasty divorce. That, that I didn't say nothing about no nasty divorce. You said that okay, I didn't say well, that. All right, it was you telling taxing. too much information. No, not nasty, not like nasty, like personal wise. I'm just saying that you you guys were in business together, so mm-hmm. like your shit it was, was complicated, complicated. Right. economically. It was complicated to it unravel was, to unravel from someone who you were working with and involved with. Well, I don't want to so, talk about that. I definitely don't want to talk about that. No, but what I'm saying is, is that when you keep saying I'm saying a piece of I'm paper, saying I mean, have a I have a new vision. I have a new perspective mm-hmm. since being married yes but what i'm saying you're, and divorced so because when you keep saying it's difficult it's complicated and you don't need a piece of paper you're saying because I'm you don't want to be in a position where you have to like separate yeah that's part of it yeah yeah, yeah that's part of it 
but even but, if you uh, go but, before God, okay, so even if, say, you and I are together, right, and we decide we're going to get committed before God, mm-hmm. and we live together, mm-hmm. and we have cars together, mm-hmm. and we have a baby, mm-hmm. but we're not, we're not, according to the government, married to one another. Right. And, we just, and something happens 10 years down the line, we decide to separate. You still have to have that separation. Yeah, but the problem is, is what happens is you start to have... You know, depending on the person, Mm -hmm. lawyers, you start to have, um, you start to have the state getting involved. Mm -hmm. And then it just, and then, you know, at the end of the day, they're getting paid. Got it. It's so that so that's what so that's your that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more than that. But that's it in a nutshell. So you would you would get married before God, but not. I didn't say state. I say nothing with absolute. I <laughs> no way. Okay, I'm just saying that's my thought process. I know I know somebody's gonna get mad at this, but why? Why would somebody get mad? I don't know, man. I just think, yo, I think that the the true energy needs to be devoted to the relationship, and not the other things. It's the relationship, and that's really what it is. If you focus and the other person focuses on the relationship. And even renewing vows and stuff like that, you know, things like that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Assessing your situation every year. That matters. Yeah. That's important. I used to call it stated when I was in a relationship, the only one I've ever been in. Um, Wow. Just one. Yeah. I've only had one boyfriend in my entire life. Why are you looking at me like that? So what's everything else been? Fucking. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> I mean I've dated. I've gone on a date. I've dated, but it's very, it's very murky yeah. because men don't like labels. Women love labels. Men don't like labels. I'm looking for a queen. Oh my god, queen! Oh, fucking doctor. What's his name? Is that his name? Doctor don't this doctor Umar? I'm looking for my storm. And anybody out there that reads comic books like the Black Panther, you know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, so who who Storm? Who did Storm that end was, up with? That was Black Panther's wife, huh? Oh, Storm was Black Panther's yeah, wife. They're both African. Oh yeah, they well Halle Berry definitely wasn't. No, Halle Berry sucked as Storm. She was terrible as Storm. Terrible. Um, but the new girl that they had in the in the Apocalypse, she was friend. She was in Egypt. She's solid. She's solid. Mm-hmm. But you know they whenever see Storm's whenever, African. She needs to be dark skin. That's what I'm saying. But whenever whenever they try to say somebody's from Africa, they love saying Egypt. They love right. saying Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Because aesthetically, but you know the most the most prolific and dominant uh, civilization in in Africa was actually in the Sudan, which was. Is that where Mansu Mansa came from? No, Ma- Ma- no, he's um he's Western Africa. Oh, okay, um, oh, that he's like Con- I think he's like Congo area. Oh, okay. but um, but the in the Sudan there were, you know, there was a kingdom that was just as big, mm. just as thriving as right. Egypt. They actually took over Egypt for a while. For real, yeah. They and they still have pyramids. It, so no, they, couldn't. they couldn't white. Yeah, they can yeah, white. They have um, they ha- they still have pyramids now all over the Sudan. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to. You know, I love the fact that now there are movies coming out. I want to see Hannibal. I want to see Shaka Zulu come back. Shaka Zulu's another one that could be a full fledged Shaka Zulu. Yeah, because it was a mini series. Yeah. I mean, if they remake Roots, they could remake Shaka Zulu. But Man, they, Shaka but they Zulu, never, they, they not ain't gonna make to do it because he was fucking white people. Exactly, oh. exactly. <laughs> they want to do that slavery narrative over and over yeah, and Shaka over. Yeah, Shaka Zulu. I remember over. when I remember I remember when Shaka Zulu came on. It was a mini series, and my, me and yeah. my parents watched it, and then. 
for some reason they decided to play a trick on me and they were like you were adopted too like Shaka Zulu somebody left you <laughs> on our door and I was like I was <laughs> crying hysterically and they were like no we're just playing you're our kid don't worry about it all but I remember Shaka's, is they had straight nudity on that joint. And yeah. I was like, yo, what's up? Titties was out. Yeah. <laughs> Shaka Zulu is an African warrior who um, defeated Europe- the first early European uh, voyagers, Shaka. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. 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 And he introduced a lot of military tactics that people stole, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So since I've quoted you him twice, let's talk about your boy, Dr. Umar. So... What do you want to talk about him? What do you for? think about him? Okay, so Dr. Umar is a very polarizing Hotep figure. Don't say Hotep. Hotep, that's... He's a Hotep. Hotep. First of all, a quote-unquote Hotep is not even a bad thing. We but, have, we have in our colonized minds, turned it into a bad thing. It's a, it's, you know what it is? It, a Hotep, to me, is an extremist. Like, white, white Christian evangelicals are extremists, okay? Right. They have an extreme view of white you supremacy. Do you know what hotep means? Well, I know what the yeah. actual... Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but when people call somebody a hotep, it's like, they feel as, just like the white Christian evangelicals, a hotep is a person who has, who has taken to the extreme a vision of, white, of black solidarity, mm-hmm. black inclusion, and also, for some reason... There's a lot of like female inferiority that comes with that. Mm, okay. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> don't, don't just say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not um, giving me on that one. So no, but I'm, so, uh, so I say that to say because Dr. Umar was on that. the Breakfast Club. Right. Uh, I don't know when, but he's been up there several times. Yeah. And one of the things that he said recently, he feels that uh, black men should only should not marry outside of the race. Black uh-huh. men should be with black women because only a black woman can understand the, the plight that a black man goes through. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and amongst the other things that he said. Now, right. this is where the where the the turmoil comes with him and why he's polarizing. Uh-huh. People view him to be a con artist. They say that uh-huh. he's been raising money for a school for the past seven, eight years, uh-huh. and there's no school. He's raised over like you know over a half a million dollars, and yet there's no school. And he uh-huh. said that he was a descendant of Frederick Douglass. That was proven incorrectly. He has listed himself as having several PhDs on his website, but there's no schools that he's received these certificates from. Uh-huh. Um, why? What are you doing? Oh. I'm sorry. I have attention. <laughs> you disorder. definitely have ADD. My fault. Go You're ahead. on your phone. I you did like, really mm, well you, mm, for, mm, for a long time. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, I'm so so these. I'm I'm listing the reasons why he's considered I, well, to be a con artist. Th- th- okay. So why don't you and flip it? There's and been why don't instances you s- of of him being asked to come and speak at places and being a part of an organization and then coming back the next year and undercutting that same organization so he can get the money directly. Why don't you tell me some positive things about him? I don't know any positive. What's what is positive about him? There, I don't know. There's got to be some positive. He speaks to the whole type generation. Oh, come on. So I don't. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I don't know a lot about Dr. Umar. I don't. I really seriously mm-hmm. don't. Um, and that's because just as of late, I have been in my own zone, heavy. You don't even see me talking about Trump. I'm focused. We can't. We can't right? even talk about Trump. No, no I'm talking about Trump. It's like it's a clown show. Dr. Umar, I don't know a lot about him, but I did. I didn't see the Breakfast Club interview, but I did see him on Roland Martin. And I thought that they did him wrong on the show. Why? 
it looked like an ambush. It looked like he was there to be destroyed in front of the black community viewing. Because let's just be real. Only black people are watching. So what Roland was, Martin what was Roland Martin's take on Dr. Umar? Roland Martin probably would defend himself and say he was simply doing his job. But what was his purpose of him being there? Like, uh, I think his purpose on there was to speak on the issues that you just talked about. Got it. And I think he, those were, were asked and answered. Mm-hmm. I suppose that if Roland and the crew and anyone else who questions his credentials, I think every someone should go and do the work. Yeah. He, he, he claims that all of his certificates are valid. No, he does have it because I, I, I read an article today. It was like, let's fact check his interview with Roland Martin. Let's oh. see. And he does have it. He is a licensed child psychologist or something right. like that. Okay. He does have that. Um, as far as the school is concerned, um, he's it appears to me that he's doing something very different. It's not a charter school. It's not a public school. It's a community funded school, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know how this, you know, I don't know how these things work, but I'm assuming that sounds like a very, very heavy lift. $700,000 is not a lot of money. No, it's not. Right. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's going to need, A, more money, B, more support, and he's going to need black people to get behind this effort. And... I'm speaking this from a, pro, a pro-black point of view, an empowerment point of view. I'm also speaking it from a white supremacy point of view in that everything that a brother does, they got to kill it. They got to shoot it down. They got to fight extra hard to discredit yeah, it. Yeah, but you know what it is? Though? I, it's not that white people and are coming for him. It's black people who are coming for right. him. Right. They doing. So when I say white supremacy, white supremacy works in different ways. It works where you do the master's bidding for him. And actually, he has to do nothing you can i mean you can look at hip-hop in the same manner why everybody hating hip-hop why hip-hop is vibrant can we please talk about why did they deface prodigy's mural not once but twice you you got me on that one but all i can think of is that somebody who really hated him but wasn't able to face him in in real life did it and um I don't know. I can't speak on it. Why would they just, you know, try to destroy a dead man who has such a rich legacy in hip hop culture in Queensbridge at that? So after Prodigy passed away, uh, a great artist did a mural that was massive right across the street from Queensbridge Projects. And then next day it was defaced with white paint, like from the top to the bottom. And he got it really good. So then the next day, the artist goes right back out there and repaints it. Uh-huh. The next day, uh-huh. literally paints the wet. Somebody went out there with red paint and got a good splash right across his face. And so then they just painted the whole wall black and said, forget about it. But I mean, my thing is like, they got to be somebody. They got to be somebody like 50 Cent, Nas, somebody that got to be like, what the fuck is up? Like. That's yeah. when street law comes into play. Like well, y'all niggas gotta fucking stop. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, man, the self hate is deep in the community. It's deep, deep, deep. It's deep, and it's the pro. It's probably the biggest problem that we face right now. It's not racism. It's not outside forces. It's our own lack of unity 
and our own self-hatred and our refusal to acknowledge it that's holding us down. And Prodigy, man, I really mourned. I do mourn. I mourn like I lost a friend because, first of all, I've just, you know, I just reflect. I'm like, yo, I've been dealing with this guy in some form or fashion, personally, in some Mm -hmm. form or fashion for like, you know, 15 years. Yeah. And musically, since Juvenile Hell came out, Mm. you know, so you've literally watched someone grow up, come out of certain circumstances to flourish and be an icon all over the world. Yeah. So I don't understand the hate. Whatever it is, that person has some serious like you. Can you imagine the mind state of that person? Like whoever they are. Think about what's going on in their head, what their life, how miserable their life must be. For them to take time out of their day to relentlessly deface a mural over a dead man that the rest of the world loves. Gotta, it, it has to suck to be that person. And so the positive side is there are several other murals um, all over the world, in down south, in other countries. Yeah. Um, I believe in New York as well. And so we'll celebrate those murals. And those guys, whoever they are, they have karma to face later down the line so god bless them hopefully they won't be in hell yeah yeah it's sad yeah uh, it's, you know there's so much to focus on and uh, someone checked even all hip-hop on this because we covered the, f- the mural at least uh, you know when it as it happened you know and they were like you're spending, spending too much time on it i'm like yeah well we do report the news still but but see that's the that's the conundrum when it comes to to black media is that you said we shouldn't be critical of Dr. Umar and and no, I didn't say that. No, I didn't you say that. You said that we do the bidding for the master. You said I that said we shut that things down in a general form. Yeah. If the brother is scamming people, <laughs> then the brother needs to be called out on that. Well, and I think but that's I have what not rolling. seen proof that he's scamming people. Mm-hmm. I see proof that he's building something that takes a long time and a lot of a lot of yes. effort. So this was this was the thing. So I just pulled up the article. It was done by the root. Mm-hmm. And and basically it says, So what happened to all the money he raised? For more than five years, Johnson has traveled the country raising money to open the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Leadership Academy for Black Boys, mm-hmm. or FDMG, receiving donations from thousands of his supporters. In 2014, he informed the public he was looking to buy the now defunct St. Paul's College in Virginia and turn it into a boarding school. Mm-hmm. When confronted about the specifics, he refused to answer as he did in a video. So mm-hmm. we have a video. Two weeks after the video was uploaded, January 2015, Johnson told a crowd that because people didn't want to take their lazy ass to the post office and get a stamp, he had to open an account with PayPal. However, in the same video, Johnson informed his followers that PayPal had froze more than 100000 in donations because he didn't have the right 501c3 status required for tax-exempt nonprofit organizations. He then stated that he had applied for the tax-exempt status. In March 3rd, 2015, Johnson created the GoFundMe page with the express purpose to acquire and rehabilitate either the historically black St. Paul's College in Lawrenceville, Virginia, or the Chamberlain Hunt Academy in Port Gibson, Mississippi. To date, GoFundMe says that he has raised over $375,000 in the last 28 months since he began his campaign. This this does not include the cash he raised through in-person solicitations at speaking engagements or the money that has been mailed to him by his supporters outside of his online campaign. Mm -hmm. On Monday, on News One Now, 
Johnson told Roland Martin that he's raised over $700,000. To date, no one has seen financial documentation showing how much money he has collected or how he has used any of the funds. Mm. According to IRS rules, all nonprofit organizations are required to make available for public inspection certain annual returns and applications for exemption and must provide copies of such returns and applications to individuals who request them. Uh-huh. So I think that's where the issue comes from. It's like, well, uh-huh. you saying that you filed for your first, you didn't have your tax exempt. Granted, you got your tax. You supposed right. to have gotten your tax exempt. So now that you have that, now people want to know where's the money. Well, wouldn't the government intervene in this instance to check on the status or to make him um, anybody can look it? up and see your status? So I should be able to go and look look up his company to see whether it has five hundred one c. Right. Like there's a database. Like I could mm-hmm. look. Anybody could look up all hip hop, and they could look up my company and see who are the officers of the company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So why don't people do that? I mean, I I guess people. Somebody will now. Well, now that the do. block is hot. I hope they do. Yeah, but I mean, that's my, that's my thing, and this is where journalism, real journalism, comes into play. Yeah. Again, those people who interviewed him have the means to verify yeah. this stuff even before. He comes on the show, which goes back to what I said initially, where it seemed like it was an ambush. He held his own. I give him a lot of credit and a lot of respect for the way he handled it. He did get a little hot, you know, started so calling I, the people to see word. But what, cool. Yeah. He was, the, calling, yeah. he was calling Roland Martin a cool. Not Roland Martin. He called the uh, the Republican brother on there a coon. Oh, he was a panel. Yeah, it was a panel. That's what I'm telling you. It was a, it was a four person panel about what? It was Roland, a female, the Republican, and another guy who unfortunately got wrapped up in it because he didn't even disagree with um, Dr. Umar. You know, at least he agreed on points, and um, it was like an ambush movie. What was the topic that they were there to discuss? They were talking about the whole everything. They talked about everything. About including what? his views on interracial relationships, including. But see, all right, I feel like it, it, you should have just had him on as a guest. It should it should have just been a one on one conversation. No, it was a panel, and the whole panel jumped on him. So it what was do an you, ambush. So what do you feel about his views on interracial relationships? Um, I think his views are fundamentally sound. Um, I mean, my thing is again, um, you know, we. You know, come on, let's just be real. Black people come from a, we have a very unique position in the world and in this country that no one has experienced in this fashion. So when you start talking about interracial relationships, it would be dope if, if you just fell in love and yeah. you just, you know, you just, you just the fell romantic, in love. The romantic in us wants to be like, I right. just fell in love with somebody. And it's but just- we know there's factors in the back of your mind because let's be real white women are worshipped like no other figure in this country i would say i would you don't disagree no i would say like in the world maybe. in the world a blonde there's nothing more valuable to the european and world culture let's let's just put it out there than a blonde-haired blue-eyed white woman like real talk yeah you know what i'm saying so and you think that you don't somehow feel that's an, a, a subliminal influence at worst and in the purest form it's an overt influence yeah. i know dudes that will prey on a white woman i mean like yo that, 
And you know, and I know them joints be ugly. Yeah. The most unattractive white woman, but you happy just because she white. So Real talk. can you speak to that? Because there's a lot of that, you know, bringing it back to hip hop. Mm-hmm. Why do rappers, especially the ugliest ones, feel the need to declare that they don't like dark skinned black women? Man, I think them boys need a beat down. And I knew, and I need, and they need their parents probably need a check too, you know, because again, the self hate again. And you know what? You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say that. You know what? I'm gonna back up a little bit. I'm gonna back up a little bit. That just goes to show you how deep white supremacy works, mm-hmm. how mental, how it affects the psyche of a child. And these guys are grown men a lot of times. And they're most of them are are dark skin. Are dark skin and mentally completely in shackles yeah yeah we're talking about kodak black like come on let's be real this brother got some problems yeah he's got major issues but you know what i got issues with the interviewer that woman laughed and shucked and jibed through that whole interview and i'm not going to judge her too harshly because when you're in front of somebody it's hard to take a hard position but yo we have to take we have to draw the line somewhere and say yo I don't even curse, but fuck that. Mm-hmm. We can't accept this person anymore. Or we have to get him into the drop squad room yeah. and reprogram him. Yeah. Period. I can't stand it. It it makes my stomach turn. And I'm a dude that grew up around white people in Delaware who would try to make you feel like crap because you were black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we had to literally fight in a, a lot of instances. You know, or we had a, or I was lucky enough to have a dad who would stand Right in the middle, like I was reflecting the other day how, you know, we got into it with some white boys and my dad came out and was like, yo, do we got a problem here? You know, yeah. like on some real G shit. And then, and they was like, oh, you know, oh, sh- we got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm going to get my dad. And my dad was like, go ahead and get your damn dad. I'll be right here. And feeling so proud. Yeah. So excited. And that's that type of experience and others you know my dad had to sleep in a car with his rifle because white people would come on the property and deface it we were building our own home yeah so the point is a lot of these dudes they have none of that they had they don't they don't know about dick gregory they don't know about they might not even know about slavery they don't know about medgar evers you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. they don't know about the struggle and they don't and they don't even love they don't love themselves yeah they don't need they probably, yo man so yes i would love to knuckle up with some of these dudes because they just are so f- but though they're so broken be- and yeah. they're so broken and it's so evident and it really boggles my mind when i see like future at the bet awards doing um mask off yeah. and everybody's singing along yeah. and it's like he's talking about doing hardcore drugs right like there's no joy there's no pride there's no happiness and a person who's basically telling you i'm addicted to drugs right and i take these drugs molly percocet like there's yeah. no there's no upside to that and who, like he's a part of the opiate problem that all the white people are in arms arms about because opiates is fucking up their community so like right. if he was up there singing about smoking crack you'd be like yo who the fuck exactly. is so you shouldn't give him a pass because he's talking about you know what you consider designer drugs over-the-counter drugs but yeah. i think a lot of times especially i think a lot of times we don't really know how to view the signs of depression 
yeah of mental instability of mm-hmm. emotional instability mm-hmm. and a lot of the times when it comes to hip-hop music it is projected because people are just drinking and smoking mm-hmm. and having sex mm-hmm. and those things are, are things that people do that can be self-destructive if mm-hmm. you're not reflective and mature in your decisions mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of black men have these chemical dependencies mm-hmm. for whatever reason so yeah, I know. as yeah. in my book in my book as far as i'm concerned future is a drug addict you mm-hmm. can't tell me nothing else mm-hmm. he needs help but if help. you listen in between I, I don't listen to future a lot i don't but on that drake album i kind of liked it a little bit and if you listen to that album there's little there's lots of signs of depression in that album that i heard well not maybe not a lot but on the songs that i listen to mm-hmm. yeah um so i'm not but you know once again it's it goes back to the people it goes back to the culture yeah. It goes back to black people accepting whatever is put in front of them. And you know and I know, you know, people hate name checking other cultures, but if you name if you talk about Jewish culture, Chinese culture, uh Indian culture, mm-hmm. they will not let your tail in the in you you can't you might get killed before you are allowed to promote that that type of message to their community. Of course. You'd be dead. And and the labels won't sign you. Um, and on the flip side, Jay-Z can't even say Jewish Jew without being crit- considered an anti-Semite. Yeah, now what was that about? Because I, I didn't realize. That was realize... stupid, man. It's funny because, you know, people. You are a big fan of his latest album. I am a huge fan of Jay-Z as a person. I mean, well, as a the person Artist. that I know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in context. But, but yes, this new album is dope. And it's very revolutionary under the present um climate and the pre and the reason is is you know jay-z speaking empowerment on this album yes and a lot of people say oh kendrick and j cole led the way yeah but we gonna be all right is not necessarily empowerment mm. you know what i'm saying well yeah it yeah is and it's not well like, because it, it, it that it's along the lines of like shit is fucked up but we'll we'll be okay not yeah, necessarily like overcome right. yeah yeah i don't want to be all right yeah so my thing is, and oh, and by the way, I love Kendrick. I love his new album. Him and Jay are neck and neck. I can't quite make a decision on which one's better at the moment. But Jay mentioned Jewish people. And all he really did was gave him a compliment. You know, mm-hmm. they have good credit. You know what I'm saying? They buy property off credit, which I don't even know if, it, if that's true. It's my understanding that they actually loan each other money and pay each other back yes. without using loans and Correct. things i think so you know so and um i read an article by greg tate in the current village voice which you used to write for yeah and and i haven't finished it but it really does speak to the fact that black people actually respect jewish people in great ways that is unspoken in a lot of instances and i think that um what people take as insulting is really actually a compliment and um, and um, I wish our community was much more like the Jewish community in that they have their own hospitals, their own police force. You can go to certain neighborhoods and it's only Jewish people there. Oh, yeah. I they have their own businesses. They raise their kids to run those businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own culture. If you're, you know, an Orthodox um, 
you know, Jewish person. Yep. And quite frankly, on a business front, as you know, and I know they run a lot of the things that we wallow in. You know what I'm saying? Just keep it real. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says the word Jewish and it gets X'd out of your album, that's power. You could say yeah. nigga, 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 nigga. I'm gonna kill you, nigga. I'm gonna shoot yeah, you. So you. But drug he wasn't nigga. saying nothing negative about the. He wasn't about saying Jewish people. Nigga. He said we need to be like the Jews, right? And and have have good credit. Get, yeah. Yeah. That's not a diss. That's not a diss. Yeah. No. People. And somebody I mm, kind of know said it, it is. I'm like, dog. I know you in the hip hop. Mm, that's not a diss. Just How is that a diss? Man, look. It's they say it's. They say it's a it, it's a stereotype. Maybe it is, but it's a good stereotype. Yeah, it's not like eating chicken and watermelon. No, it's not. Right. So, I'm not really understanding, but I would actually love to have a conversation with somebody Jewish who could tell me what the problem is. Maybe I'll seek them out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I like the Jay Z album. I like Jay Z. I'm, I was talking today. I'm like, dude, we sitting there fighting Jay Z. We battle. We tearing Jay Z down. People are tearing him down. A lot of people are building him up, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are spending a lot of time tearing him down because they don't want people to tell them. They don't want somebody. They, black people don't want anybody telling them what to do, even it's even if it's for their own good. But they they listen to other people tell them what to do every day. Yeah, but they listen in a way that is not someone who is reflection of them see that's what that's why back in the day we listened to chuck d we listened to krs1 yeah but there's a there's a different young people listening to something shifted but see but kendrick isn't giving directives you know what i'm saying Uh like jay-z in this album from what i've heard is giving directives yeah like it's nation building directives. do this do this do this it's like i did this have good credit yeah like oh like these this is buy a piece of art and it'd be 20 absurd Buy a piece of art. Okay. I ain't got a million dollars to buy no art. Okay. Um, buy some stock. You got yeah. $30 to buy a one piece of stock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, People come don't on. Get like, it. I'm checking myself. I've been, look, I've been checking myself actually before the Jay Z album. And I look at how much I put into my car. And you know what I drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what in the hell have I been doing all this time? <laughs> and I promise you, this is before the Jay-Z album. And I told, I talked to my daughter about this. I said, don't be like me. Don't be like me. We ride through them rich neighborhoods where we live, and you see what them rich people drive. Let me. Okay, I'm going to tell you a better story. Mm-hmm. I was with a rich person recently, mm-hmm. and we were in his rich house recently. Yeah. Three black men and a white man. Mm-hmm. We all have luxury vehicles, luxury, nice, nice, nice cars. Mm -hmm. You know that white man pulled out in a Honda. Excuse me. He pulled out in a Honda Pilot. I thought thought his car was the one the black dude got in. He he pulled out the back like a bat cave in a Honda Pilot. And I'm like, I felt like a fool. They probably didn't. I felt like a fool because I've seen this for years and years yeah. where I live. Mm-hmm. And then this dude just happened to be someone who invited us in his home. We talked business. And when we all went our separate ways, we stayed and chopped it up while he went to a meeting. Pulled out a Honda Pilot. I was like, yo, what are we doing? Yeah. 
we we know we need validation in so many that's forms. exactly what it is we need to show yeah. how rich we are yeah. or how much money we got mm-hmm. or that we're doing good and i'm like dog you doing okay but if you had every dollar that you put into this car uh you could be doing a lot better oh and, I told and myself, other things too yeah i told myself the other day i drive a prius and i was like i will forever drive a prius like mm-hmm. i i could not imagine not driving a hybrid car mm-hmm. like when they get better technology and it's like fully hybrid no gas or like not mm-hmm. fully hybrid but fully electric mm-hmm. i mean i would maybe get a tesla but i cannot see myself driving a luxury car i have all the same amenities as somebody else like when mm. i was looking for a car it was between the prius and the lexus ct 200 uh-huh. which is up the pre which is the hybrid version oh, hi- really? lexus hatchback hybrid mm, maybe i'll look at that no it's small my my car is bigger inside when he get off of him Come on, dog i'm not a dog person well she all up on you tell her to get down get down well it's a she so you know get how down. that go she i don't know why she's all on you um but when I was looking at the two cars and I was just going back and forth and they was about the same, you know, about the same price. Of course, the Lexus was a little bit more, mm-hmm. like probably like five, six thousand dollars more. And then it had all the same things in it. Same thing. Everything. Heated mm-hmm. seats, navigation, mm-hmm. leather seats. And I was like, so what? So right. what? That, like, And it's because we, like you said, we have this thing where we feel like we have to show a level of wealth mm-hmm. even though we don't financially have wealth right because and this is the real part about it is that we get judged on our appearance mm-hmm. off the bat so mm-hmm. if you're working against being a black per- if you're working against being a black person trying to you know walk into a, a high-end department store you're mm-hmm. like well they already see i'm black right so now let me get thousand dollar sneakers let me get a five hundred dollar mm-hmm. belt let me get yeah. $400 jeans. So maybe they'll treat me a little bit better. Right. And the sad thing is, they don't. Right, they don't. Yo, did you hear the story about the dude, uh, Bryson Tiller? No. No, it wasn't Bryson Tiller. Who I know you're talking about. It was somebody else. Yeah. Some of these new artists who names What's I don't his know. Name? Uh, he did the song with Meek Mill. I, whatever. I can't but remember his name. He took a video of him in a he went department store, right? And spent $34,000 in a store that discriminated against him to show he had money. And he's a fucking idiot. Oh my god! Like that's the stuff we got to stop squad. doing. You, you remember that movie, The Drop Squad? No. The Drop Squad is a black group of militants who kidnap people <laughs> and reprogram them. We need the Drop Squad, period. Because this this type of mental enslavement is serious. It's serious across the board. But when you see things like that. You got to prove to these people. That yeah, that I wouldn't do it. I mean, um, what's his name? Gabrice, Gabri, Gabri Sidibe. Yeah. Um, the woman who played Precious and is on Empire. She mm-hmm. she had a post where, you know, they shoot Empire in Chicago, and she has an apartment downtown, and so she went over to Miracle Mile, which is this shopping center mm-hmm. district, and she went into a Prada store because she knew that you could buy Prada sunglass frames and have them fit for regular eyewear. Mm-hmm. Right. So she wanted to get a pair of glasses. So she went in there and, you know, the woman was discriminating against her and not trying to help her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hi, I want to see your sun- your glasses, your frames. She's like, oh, there's a lens crafters down the block. Like, you should go to it. Like, trying to get her out the store. Mm. And it wasn't until, like, the people of color who worked there were like, oh, no, girl, hey, what's up? You know, and then a white mm-hmm. woman had to, you know, get her shit together. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wouldn't have bought the fucking glasses. Right, absolutely. I would have walked out. Absolutely. I got into it. I didn't really get into it. 
but me and a comic friend of mine got into it and he was getting on me because we were at uh we were at a club in, in the city and it's a club where comics hang out or whatever they have you know good shows and they have good food and he was like do you want to get something to eat i said yeah but i don't eat here he was like why don't you eat here i said well because i don't i don't patronize a place that doesn't support me you right. know and i've had i've had some little issues with the with the establishment and i was like i don't spend my i don't spend my money here mm-hmm. why right. would i right he was like are you for real that you being so petty i was like no i'm not being petty i'm right. being realistic this is my money right why am i gonna spend 25 dollars on a on a meal mm-hmm. at a place that doesn't invest in me absolutely or or, or i've had some misgivings with mm-hmm. so i will come and i'll hang out mm-hmm. i will chop it up with my friends mm-hmm. but i'm not giving you my money Nah, we have to do that. We have to do not only that, but we have to then support um, black businesses and other businesses that are friendly um, to us. You know, overtly. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know how in the in the gay wo- well, not the gay world, but you know, yeah, no, they have the, the you see the little flag. Yeah, you out see front. the flag. Yeah, I, we need to have a red, black, and green flag yep. that they need to show us in that, so yeah. that we can be like, oh, we're. That's what you about? Okay, we come in. We'll yeah. come in. Just to give you some imagery, uh, Chuck definitely has an African wooden medallion That's around right. his neck. You're bringing that back. Peace. I've been wearing this for years. No, yeah. but I'm just saying it was yeah. a moment when everybody was wearing that. Yeah. In the 80s, the 80s, yeah, and early 90s, everybody was doing that. Hopefully it'll come back. See, the thing is, it's good to have these conversations now because... I think before when black people had these conversations about we need to be more inclusive and working in our own community, mm-hmm. people kind of brushed us off. It's like, oh, you being, oh, you doing the most. Right. But now that white supremacy is at the forefront right. of everyday conversation, it's the forefront of our political system. Yep. It's the forefront of this bastardized version of Christianity that these mm-hmm. ev- evangelicals are trying to masquerade as being, you know, of mm-hmm. God's word. Right now that it's clear that that's the agenda, we should not feel any way about speaking proudly about ourselves or right. checking each other. Yeah, to make sure that we on up and up. Let's be real; like integration was a beast on our community. It devastated the community, yeah, and absolutely. people didn't realize it because you, you know, what they say: the white man's water is wet. Where was that? This is this is a thing what's that like is it it's a joke it's like you know you wanted the white man's water because it was you oh, thought it right. was like better than your water yeah right and right. then you know like the grass is greener on the other side yeah. but it ain't really uh-uh. because you know what happens the grass is greener and you get over there and they burn that shit down because exactly. they don't want you to have their green exactly. grass exactly martin luther king said i fear i've brought my my family or whatever into a burning building like yeah. he was like before he even died he was like oh shoot because the thing is that the, we're this is where we messed up we messed up because we didn't want, we didn't study want integration we wanted equality right and rather than them giving us equality on our end right they just said okay we'll come over here and start using our shit right and yeah. then their people was like well we leaving this shit and then right. it went down Right. So if you just gave the same funding, the same money, the same attention to the black community back in the day when we were having a civil rights movement, we would be in a better position. It's funny. I was just saying, I think off the mic, off the mic, how I, I've tried, I tried to move into another, uh, I'm moving into another school district for my daughter mm-hmm. and I couldn't get somebody to rent a place for me to move there. They were fronting. They were literally discriminating against me. But you were trying to get into a building. You didn't have a realtor. You didn't have. A re- I did have a realtor. Uh-huh. But I went to visit the place, and you know, my name is my name. Yeah. So I'm not going to speak on the community that I was moving into. Yeah. But the name would, uh, you know, allow. Chuck Creek don't sound super black. They Google yeah. you. Yeah. 
Well, maybe they did. I don't know. But the point is, is I'll just say this. Their name was very distinct mm-hmm. to their culture. Got it. And they could tell I was not them. Oh, okay, okay. So you didn't get it? No. I had to. I'm not going to tell you where, what, you know, I'll just say this. I had to race to get a spot Got to, it. to move because these other, you know, really comparable places that I was living compar- comparable to where I'm living now mm-hmm. were not made available to me. Mm. And this particular area is very, a hot ticket yeah. area to live. So you just had to quickly find something. So yeah. you found something. Though. Yeah, I found something. What did the realtor say? The realtor was flaky. Like, I, Man, God bless her. She's good person, but she just wasn't working on my behalf, I felt. Mm. So I had to take matters in my own hands. Got it. You know. And um and you know, anyway, that's a whole other story, but yeah. You know, but you know, on the flip side, we got to learn how to do better. You know, if we're going to have a community, we got to have a real community. It can't be the project so to speak so going back to your initial post when you're talking about you know being realistic is -hmm. is a surefire way to mediocrity i don't feel like the black community is realistic i feel like we have a bunch of dreamers everybody wants to aspire to the top 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 they want to be a rapper they want to be an athlete they want to you know be a self-made man they want to be a boss Mm -hmm. so then how do they not even get to mediocrity they don't even get to mediocrity well, we have to redefine again. We have to redefine what 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 realistic looks like and what success is yeah. in our in our communities. You know, as long as a basketball player and a rapper are a success to people, or if you're on TV, it's a success to people. Um, then we'll always have issues until we do like other communities and have hierarchies. You know, if your father has a business, it's cool that you would come in and run that business. Yeah. But now people want to be like, F that, I ain't running your business, man. I'm trying to be my own mm-hmm. man or, you know what I mean, be or Sanford and oh, Son. I, that's, when I, that's one thing I couldn't stand when Rick Ross first came out. He was like, I'm a boss. And everybody's like, yo, I'm a boss. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. And I was like, yo, you paying taxes? Like, right. like how who, do you have payroll? Like, who are you? Who, mm-hmm. who works for you mm-hmm. that you a boss? You can't right. be a boss and I have nobody under you. Right. Absolutely. It can't be 10 bosses and no employees. I know. And, and that's the thing. Everybody wants the name, but they don't even know the burden that goes with being a boss. Like, Yo, let me tell ta- you. Taxes, man. Man, taxes. Every, it's not just taxes, though. It's everything. Dealing with people, dealing with personalities, yeah. sometimes paying others before you pay yourself. I mean, there were times when my daughter didn't have insurance, but employees did. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, in the history of all hip-hop, we have seen it literally all. Every stage. What year is this for the company? This is 19 and next year will be 20. So we're going to do it up. You got to do something big. Big, big. It's already in the works. Good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We'll talk off offline about it, but it's, it's, it's all going down. Yeah, it's all going down. So boss, I'm a boss. I'm a leader as well. And I don't, I don't say that to brag. I say that because daggone it, that's what it is. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. You got your 10,000 hours and more. Yeah, man. I'm tired, man. I know you're tired. <laughs> I'm tired. You know it was my dream that you would run all hip hop at one point. I could have done it. That was my that was my dream. I, I definitely could have done it. Yeah. But the industry changed. Yep. You're right. And I probably and it, and I would have no because there's still what's the name? There's a woman running double XL, but there aren't that many women in the hip hop community space. Nah, and that's a sad, sad. And I thing. think about it. I think about it too. Every once in a while, I'll be like, "Damn, I do miss." being in the mix and in reporting on things and like i want to be able to have like a direct line to our community 
but what we are interested in is not what we should be interested in like people want to talk about like you know features on a song but they don't want to talk about like the industry they don't want to talk about like how it's affecting our community mm-hmm. somebody asked me the other day and this is an example of what i mean like somebody was talking to me and they're like oh you watching snowfall the new show uh-huh. about the you know the crack boom and you know the whole government conspiracy to introduce crack to the black community in uh-huh. california and i was like no i'm not watching it he was like why not i was like why would i watch something that shows the 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 decimation of uh-huh. generations uh-huh. of black families uh-huh. in the community uh-huh. for some for for modern day profit so you would rather give a budget green light a show hire people shoot it be in a union pay taxes get tax breaks to shoot a show about the crack epidemic and but not address it in real life and now you uh-huh. want the people who are affected by it to uh-huh. watch it and the people who ignored it to be entertained uh-huh. by it and you still not do nothing about the crack epic epidemic that's happening in this country but now you want to talk about opiates that's so deep. they were like damn would you say that to it was a comic i was talking to a comic friend was, of it, mine. was it black yeah it's black. black yeah it was like three of them and they were like yeah. Yeah. and so it's funny my my old roommate uh monroe martin he he came up after and they was like you watch and he was like no nah, i'm not watching it and he said the exact <laughs> same thing as me i was like see uh-huh. this what happened you hang out with me you gonna fucking wake up right because right. There's so many things that people want to watch for entertainment that is, I, I said, and I said this to them, and when I said it, they were like, that makes sense. I said, y'all love The Wire. The Wire was on for how many years, and Baltimore still fucked up? It was mm-hmm. showing you in real time what right. was happening in Baltimore because it was it was the creator's intention was to bring attention. Right. He was a journalist. He had been reporting on this. Mm-hmm. He wanted... He wanted to bring attention to Baltimore to hope to hopefully change it, but y'all motherfuckers just watch this shit like, oh, that's dope. Yeah. Click when it's over, it's over. Yeah. And it's still fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so my personal deep. my personal philosophy is I don't watch any I don't watch anything that one has no diversity. Right. Like if there's a television, unless it's sci-fi. Seinfeld. <laughs> Sci- no sci-fi. Oh, sci-fi. Science fiction. Um, but if it's a television show or a movie, I won't watch it if there's no people of color in it. Right, right, and and I don't want to watch anything that shows like the degradation of our community. Either. So, do you watch slave movies? Actually, I don't. I don't watch. I don't either. I, I don't either for the same reason that you just mentioned. But I I have watched Snowfall. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm intrigued. Yeah. I mean, it's John Singleton. I'm intrigued. I get it, but I get I, it, but I know it. Like I know it. I feel like there's two sides to it, and I think this story is one that needs to be repeated over and over. And yeah, we're never going to get what we deserve. We're never going to get reparations. We're never going to get a break. They're giving Jewish people, they're literally like, just like before Obama left, he gave reparations to poor Jewish people. Mm-hmm. It's it, To me, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But we're just not going to get that. And I mean, we can fight and scream and yeah, kick. Yeah, but that's the reason. The thing is, we're not fighting and kicking. We're not fighting and kicking but, and screaming. But see, but see, this is where the okie doke comes when, in. Because when you're a black person and you say we need to have reparations, people look at you like, you, like you're a heretic. Ab- who, black people or white black people? Black people. Yeah, because like, black like, people oh, subscribe to the fake, the fake American dream, which does not exist. No, it doesn't it, exist. And I think it was that show that said that the american dream is a fallacy 
I think it was that that show that said it. What yeah. Snowfall? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the American Straight Dream. Up. The American Dream was fake. It's the American Dream is fake even for white people. That's why the white working class is so upset right now. Yeah. Because they real they thought that if they worked, they did their job, they stayed there for twenty thirty years, they'd be able to retire and, and move to the suburbs. Uh-huh. And that's not real life. Right. But no. that's what they had to tell people in order to get them to buy into the system. Uh-huh. Because everybody can't be rich. Everybody, you know. The, the biggest thing that happened in this country was like after all the wars happened after the civil after not civil war after the civil rights movement in the 60s and 70s uh-huh. then everybody was like okay good we got that we got that address uh-huh. everybody has equal rights now right so we all equal uh-huh. but we still got to have some division so yeah. now it was like well i know we're equal but i want to be rich and they was like, oh, you mm-hmm. want to be rich? Okay, everybody can go to college now. College wasn't as exclusive because now they just started building colleges. And right. that created a debt system. That created a credit system. Right. Then they gave credit cards because, oh, you want to be rich. You want to live like you're rich, but you don't really have the money. Mm-hmm. So it's credit cards. So there was things that they did to perpetuate this American dream, but that still left people in debt. Right. And that's why everybody's so angry. Well, the white working class is so angry now because they're like, we did everything right. Mm-hmm. And we still not better off. No. Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. Of, instead of the powers that be like, because you got tricked, they're going to yeah. be like, no, it was the Mexican. Right. The it's Mexicans the, the and the Mexicans Muslims, and they the Muslims. fucking it up for you. Yeah, and now uh, then they went so far as to elect uh, 45. Yeah. And, and well, he's about to be out of here. Yeah. It's going to happen because he's just, he's too dumb. Yeah, but like he could, he could have coasted. I'm not, I'm not giving him no, no, no easy way out. I'm just saying he, he could have coasted, but his ego, his whole entire family, their ego is too crazy. Yeah. That he's fucking it up. Like he can't yeah. be man. He's not managed. You can't manage it. Right, right. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, I end this show the way I always do. Chuck Creekmore, what makes you a social misfit? Why am I a social misfit? Um, I would say, you know, ah, man, if people know me well, I mean, and this is the thing, like a lot of people don't know me well. They just seen me or mm-hmm. you know know of me. But anybody that really, really knows me, and it kind of goes back to the quote originally, um, knows that uh, I'm pretty much an introverted person. I'm definitely quiet. I have forced myself to come out of my shell, of course, mm-hmm. to to um, do what I do. But I would say that, um, you know, someone told me the other day, uh, save the awkwardness until people really get to know you. <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Wow, okay, uh, yeah, all right. I'll hide who I really am." No, you shouldn't so, hide who you are. You should yeah. say you should be you should be upfront so they know what they're getting into. Well, you know, sometimes it could be a turnoff. And you know, someone said to me recently, "I've known this person for like ten years, like professionally, mm-hmm. ten years, and we got to hang out." And she was like, "Yeah, I used to, I always thought you were stuck up or." You know, no, blah blah blah. You're not stuck up. You're just really you're just really to yourself. You're really quiet. Right. And so, and people see that because you have a lot of facial expressions. So you'll be giving somebody yeah. the screw face, and you don't realize you're giving them the screw face. <laughs> right? Yo, that was funny. I had a ball at the Dr. Boyce Watkins thing the uh-huh. other day, the the um, economic summit or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and um, they were just joking about my facial expressions from the <laughs> stage because a, pr- a few people came at me on some things I said, and they were just like, "I look like the Rock." You're not a rock. Yeah, like, yeah. Shape his eyebrows and the stuff. Eyebrows raised up. Yeah, so so I would say that socially, you know, social misfit. I still don't have many friends in this industry. Like I still, yeah, no, it's cool. I'm great. I'm good with it now. When I first got in the industry, it was problematic. Now I don't care. I will stay in my house alone for days and days and mm. be very content. Yeah. Yeah. Or with you know a friend or two. 
Or two. Play or three. No, player. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't take that back. Edit that. I'm not <laughs> editing edit that. that. Nope. No, I didn't mean that. No, I, what I mean is, what mm-hmm. I mean is, I like meaningful relationships, yeah. mean, friendships or whatever. And I don't have to be with a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, and that's the homies too. Like my friends like yeah. that, are, that are men. I mean, you know, so that's that's how we, um, you know, shout out to Chris and Ken. Like they're like my best. And, and Jerry and Daytuan too. Okay. I talk to Jerry and Daytuan. I don't see Jerry and Daytuan all the time, but I talk to them all the, day. He's talking about Jerry Barrow and Jerry Daytuan Barrow. Thomas, two yeah. prolific hip hop journalists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but shout out to everybody. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and if anybody's in Jersey, just hit me up. I ain't coming to y'all no more. I ain't coming to y'all no more. You don't mean that. You I ain't coming to y'all no more. You lucky I'm here right now. Whatever. Because this is the two for one. You had some. You were supposed to come to me. Yeah, and it didn't and you happen. You do know that. And you came here. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Can you tell people where to find you? What's all your handles on social media? So At can Chuck Creekmer. At Chuck Creekmer. C H U C K C R E E K M U R. And also go to allhiphop.com, check it out, sign up, yep. follow yep. them on all their social platforms. They have great uh, hip-hop content. We're about to catch our second win, so watch out. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. There's so much you guys can do, take it in so many places. Yep. Well, thank you for hanging out with thank me you. on the couch. I'm going to turn the AC back on Thank now. you. <laughs> Sweating bullets. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Take care.